Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of the human side of learning and talent technologies. My name is Bennett Jensen, and with me, as always, Chris Bond, CEO of Blue Water, and Tiffany Faulkner, our VP of Global Service Delivery. Welcome back, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Good morning. Just doing pretty good. It's a little too cold outside, but it is. I'm not a fan okay. of the the cold weather, the leaves falling. I like the leaves falling, but the cold weather didn't doesn't sit well with me at first. And then I'm I not get a used fan of the leaves falling because I have to go clean them up. That's true. I did. <laughs> we have that big cypress tree <laughs> in the backyard that drops those little bitty needles, and then they get in everything for the next three to four months. But that's okay. That's okay. It's Christmas time, so lights are up. We can celebrate. Absolutely. It's an exciting time. Tiffany, speaking of exciting times, yes, I hear you have some uh, new additions to the family. I do. We've welcomed twins. Twins? Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Twin goats. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Twin goats. Well, tell us a little bit more about your goats. How big is your goat family now? We are up to nine with the twins involved and a mini horse. And a mini horse. <laughs> Very well, fluffy course. mini what, horse. What's right the name now. of the mini horse? Buddy. Buddy. Buddy yeah. the mini horse. Yeah, we couldn't think of a name, so he was, "Hey, buddy." That works. So that's cool. Well, I, we've we've experienced your goat dramas over the years, so <laughs> yeah. it's fun to to know that there's two more that can can give us some laughs and, and good times. Do yes. the goats have names? They do. Okay, all what are the two them. new little ones? Do you know names? all nine names? Can you just name them off I, like that? I do. I do. <laughs> yes. So the new ones are Dash and Daisy. They are Karen's uh, kids, and then we have <laughs> Molly and Ella and Gus and Joey and June and Maggie. And Maggie, yeah. Gus, Gus, Gus. Yeah, that's impressive. Because I mean, just... it's not like you don't have several kids running around too to remember those names. Oh, I don't remember theirs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. Awesome. We'll make sure and show them that part of the podcast. <laughs> Well, today we are starting a new series um, where we're over the next few episodes, we're going to focus on the the mentality of fix it or ditch it when it comes to learning and talent technology and, and talking about strategy, technology, and business value and how organizations uh, are looking at whether, well, are we stuck in a place where we have nowhere to go but, but get a new technology or are there ways, strategies, and, and different techniques where we can change the way we're using our current technology to better employee engagement, better the way employees are taking training or developing their people. Um, and, and we're going to talk through that over the next few episodes. And it's, it's a topic that's really, to me, I think, uh, very impactful and, and I guess you could say near to my heart um, <laughs> because I think it's at the very core of what Blue Water does. Uh, we are in the position of always helping our clients in that situation, wherever they are. Whether we're implementing, they've already made the decision to ditch something or start something brand new. So we're in the process of helping them to build up and and transform the business with a new technology. And then we're in situations all the time where we're helping organizations fix it. And whether it's tactical or strategic, there's always a problem that they're trying to solve. And it's it's about fixing their technology or fixing the strategy that's built into the technology. So um, I like this topic a lot. Tiffany and I have been working in service delivery for, for many years. And um, and so we see that day-to-day all the time. And then, of, of course, Chris, you know, this is this is your company. So this is what we're here for. So it's exciting to, right. get to, to get to talk to you about that and the overall strategy behind it. So first, really want to start, I guess, Chris, set up this topic for us. 
tell us why it's such an important topic to talk about and, and kind of start driving into the, the details of why the strategy needs to be there. What is the strategy when it comes to the mentality of fix it or ditch it? Well, I think that as we look at hopefully being on the backside of this pandemic, there's a lot of business leaders that I've been talking to that are recognizing that one of the big lessons out of the pandemic is how critical their people, their employees mm-hmm. are to driving the business forward. So moving everybody virtual or back into an office or uh, in different situations or the product mix, the service mix changed. It's really all about the people driving that forward. And so there needs to be a reinvestment or a different investment in how people are managed, developed, cared for. I mean, all those things that we talked about in the last podcast around employee engagement, that has to shift and change. And so businesses are beginning to look, and I've talked to a number of CEOs who are asking their learning and talent leaders, hey, what learning or talent technology do we need to invest in in 2021 in order to be able to drive our business forward? Mm -hmm. And that really brings the question of, are we going to fix the technology or are we going to ditch the technology, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is the technology that we have available to begin to go solve those business problems for the organization or maybe it can't and we've got to ditch it and we've got to make a change. So as we go through this process, we want to talk about um, strategically, what does it mean to actually go fix it? What does it mean to go ditch it? And then how is that really solving organizational problems that have been created? Um, maybe they haven't been created. Maybe they always existed mm-hmm. and were there, but now they're recognized through this pandemic. And as we begin to get back to the end, then things are going to shift and change yet again. We've got to find a better way to be able to go engage with and work with employees. And let's go look at that learning and talent technology as a core element of facilitating whatever plans we put in place. So with that in mind, we're going to talk about three reasons to fix learning technology and three reasons that you might want to ditch learning technology. So the first one is the one of the reasons you want to fix. We'll focus on fix first. And by the way, I'm always a fan of fixing first mm-hmm. because there's a huge cost to ditching and switching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that bubble cost not only is represented in how much you're going to have to pay for uh, time, uh, you'll have to pay for implementation costs, but the unmeasured or the non-measured metrics or impact on the business of I got to retrain people. They're not as accustomed. Time to competency goes down. I mean, there's a lot of those things. It's very costly to ditch it and switch it. Um, But sometimes that's the right thing to do. So let's focus on fix first. So top three things on fix is you're looking for an immediate impact on people or finances. And if Mm -hmm. that's what you've got, and immediate impact for me is what can I achieve in the next six months, Mm -hmm. then you want to go fix your learning or talent technology. The second is you recognize your technology is not bad. It just needs to be updated or optimized. I know there's a lot of SaaS solutions that are out there. And in those SaaS solutions, they're they're releases all the time. There are a lot of organizations that haven't taken a new release and implemented it in years. Mm -hmm. So there's new capabilities out there that are available. So let's go optimize it. And the third is you actually have no budget for new 
learning your talent technology. So if you don't have any budget, then you're going to have to figure out how to fix that. So can I put you on the spot here? I want to ask you yep. a question about what you mentioned around the costs and you know thinking about the strategy we're going into. Wow, we, we have poor engagement or we just can't stand this current technology. Let's just go get a new one versus mm -hmm. fixing it. Do you have an idea of uh, a representative number of how much more it costs to replace the technology versus fix a learning or talent technology? Yeah, you're you're probably going to spend 10 to 15 percent of the of what the bubble or the the switch cost would be to fix new technology. So on the top end, you know, maybe 20%. So if you're looking at a $100,000 bill, you spend 20,000, you spend 100,000. So you got an $80,000 gap. Mm -hmm. As you get into larger organizations and more complex environments that include learning, performance, succession, talent acquisition, now you can begin to run up a bill that could be 500 to $600,000 as your cost on the switch and at, at a half a million dollars, boy, I sure would rather spend 20% of that yeah. than the full half a million to fix, to it. fix it. Plus, my impact is going to be much more immediate in that, in that process as well. Um, and so I think there's a lot of value in being able to, to go run through the fix process sure. because it's less expensive. It's a great question because that's really part of the overall value proposition and then looking at what the business impact can be. Great. So now on the other side though, there are reasons to ditch your learning and talent technology. So I'm gonna give you three of them. And, and the first one is absolutely the number one reason that we see organizations move away from their current learning and talent technology and that's organizational frustration. Yep. We're just so frustrated or the learning management or the talent management system that we have has such a bad name or bad reputation in the organization. We're just worn out and we're, we just got to move away from this. Mm -hmm. We can't drive engagement by just fixing what's already there and broken because... Sometimes, frustration. sometimes the wound goes so deep that no matter what you yes. do inside the system, it's just the damage is already done that even if you can get the, the technology to do what you need it to do, you're not going to get people logging in. You're not going to be able to drive people to the adoption yep. if the wound has just gone that deep. And when you look at, well, whose fault is it for the wound? Is it the vendor? Sometimes. Is it the organization? Sometimes. But it's a reality yep. that you have to assess and look at. Mm -hmm. And and if it's that bad, then it doesn't matter what you do to fix it. Yep. You're not going to get the level of engagement uh, that you need to as a part of that process. Um, the second is current technology doesn't solve business problems. Yep. And this happens, I know the three of us have talked a lot about it. This happens because primarily the business changed, mm -hmm. right? I might have bought a piece of technology that was really good for me when when I was at one place five years ago. Yeah. But the business and the model for the business and the organization has changed such that that old technology just is never going to work. And, and we see that on a very continual basis. I might have bought cheaper earlier, and cheaper's not getting better. There's not advances there to solve the problems. And so... And so that's uh, that's another reason that, the size, that people yeah. ditch it. 
the size and, and complexity of my organization five years ago compared to where we are now with the growth and how we've had to adjust or switch the, the workforce in the last couple of years could have a major impact. You could be you know, having to, to look at your learning and tech talent a completely different way than you did you know, several years ago. Well, and we look at things that are now coming out that we're seeing more and more demand for, mm-hmm. career pathing. Mm-hmm. Career pathing, I mean, I don't know an organization that I've talked to in the last six months that hasn't said, we have to have career pathing, we have to have dynamic career pathing, we need to use this tool as a guide to drive that in. Well, there's some technologies out there that have no career pathing, it's not on the roadmap, it's not something that's going to happen, and so if that's a critical business element for you, then you have to go solve for that, yep. and that becomes that becomes really, really important. Yeah, I think to that point, one of the things that happens a lot or that I see a lot is company A invested in a great technology three, five years ago. They evolved, but their vendor that they selected five years ago did not evolve in the same way as that company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it could still be a great technology, but like you said, they may not have a career pathing roadmap or or that, that module or that feature on their roadmap, whereas other vendors have really started buying into that and investing in that. So it's just time to switch because the the evolving processes and strategy of the business just doesn't align anymore with the vendor, which is the vendor. It's not no fault yep. to the vendor or the company. It just sometimes it a good match just, three years ago turns into a... Sometimes know, people just time grow for apart. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, I just, we just switched out my wife's car. And one of the reasons was you know, it was an eight-year-old car, and the technology inside the car was old, and, you know, yep. she didn't have an opportunity to do Apple, Apple, you know, play, CarPlay, mm-hmm. and, and do some of the other things that was in there. And so we upgraded because we wanted new technology. Mm-hmm. Love the old car. Actually kind of sad that it's not there, but new technology, new capabilities, sure. so you begin to make some of those shifts. Yeah, and we've talked about that, too. I, there's some change management with that type of thing, too, oh, with yeah. the car, but also with yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely change management with the car. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's a uh, – if you're going to switch and we get into those bubble costs, that's why, I mean, some of you may look at this and go, wow, we could do an implementation for, you know, fifteen dollars to $20,000 on a piece of technology. When I'm looking at that, I'm not just talking about what are you going to pay the vendor to go implement new technology. This is about I'm going to pay the vendor, plus I need to have internal change management, plus there's an internal business cost to the change. Because if you introduce that new technology, it doesn't work the same way as the old technology. It's going to take time Mm -hmm. to to build up the organization to be able to go move through that rapidly. So your team's going to spend more time working uh, in order to go complete a learning or a talent activity. Talent acquisition may take a little bit longer to be able to complete because it's more complex, which adds to your costs. So when I'm talking dollars, $500,000, million, $5 million, those numbers are that big, not because of what I'm going to pay the vendor for an implementation. Yeah. It's what's holistic around that. And I think that's one of the things when you shift, you have to begin to think about, this is a bigger deal. Can I fix first, switch second? Sure. Um, that, that, becomes, 
that becomes the mindset that I would really encourage a lot of people to go through. So, I mean, I think it, it's safe for us all to say switching a technology is disruptive. No matter how much you plan for it, you, you put things in place to help mitigate the, the disruption, but it is disruptive. It, it's going to change somebody's day-to-day um, process or, or what they're doing in their day-to-day job. The, the, the key about fixing, and, and I also want to add in a new word, we want to fix it, right? But there's also optimizing, is that you're reducing the disruption that the people are going to have to deal with. Um, so I think that that's the key thing and the value that you can get from, from optimizing or fixing what you have versus moving. Moving is expensive and it's disruptive any mm-hmm. which way you look and at it's it. It's time consuming. And time yep. consuming, yes. That's a lot of organizations still- that, that I see don't realize they go into a, oh, yeah. a, a process of, oh, let's just get a new technology. Uh, and you know, six months before their contract ends with their current technology, and then they realize, well, this takes several months to decide on how we're going to do this. And then, and then they're already two months away from contract ending before they've even made a decision. And then there's extra costs now because they have to extend the contract yep. with the current vendor, yep. which they're typically going to, to not give you're you gonna, any deals gonna, on you're that You're going to have to pay a premium yes. for that extension. Yep. And it just, it just the, the costs keep adding up and adding up because it's just a timely, stressful process to even think about what where what direction to go when changing your technology and mm-hmm. it's, like you said it's very disruptive not only to the business but just to the overall uh, environment of the technology and, and how you know it's it's impacting the business so let me give you the final reason that i've got um for why do you switch and i need a more comprehensive learning and talent ecosystem sure. i need to cover a variety of areas now This begins to be a switch standpoint because as you begin to look at an ecosystem, you have to have lots of pieces that will actually fit and work together. Mm -hmm. And what we see is there's kind of the have and have nots in terms of learning and talent technology. Some are really easy to integrate with. Some have no capability to integrate. So they don't have the APIs that are available to go do that integration. It's not an easy fit. And so you begin to look at that and you want to create this bigger learning ecosystem and you can't because maybe your LMS just doesn't have the capability to do anything but integrate with your HRIS. Mm-hmm. It becomes more complex. Sure. That is absolutely a reason to begin to go do that. Which, by the way, we are seeing more and more organizations look at the learning ecosystem oh, yeah. as opposed to one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, one size fits all. I want one thing, one vendor that's going to do everything. Now I'm looking at different solutions that all have to work together uh, from a data aspect, from from all kinds of different pieces to begin uh, to solve different problems. But it's all going to get back to one key element, and that's the development of the strategy. And how do I strategically look at what we're doing? And and you'll probably hear, I mean, uh, listeners, y'all will hear us say this all the time. There's three steps here. First, I got to go look at what are my business challenges and goals. What are my business priorities? The second thing is, what are my learning and talent objectives? And only after I've aligned what I'm doing with the business and what I'm doing with learning and talent, can I begin to go look at functionality. Most organizations go completely the reverse way and say, let's start with technology and let's go find what, what looks cool, what other people are using, what's neat. But I don't know whether it aligns to the business or not. We have to go look at this as, are we solving a business challenge? Which the business challenge may be, we got to go develop employees. Mm -hmm. We have to go 
care for those people. We have to engage them. Mm -hmm. Well, if we know that's it, then what are my learning and talent objectives? I've got to have career pathing. I've got to have a different process than an annual performance review to engage people, to give feedback, to work through all of those elements. And if I begin to do that and I map it up, now I know exactly what I'm looking at. And I can actually compare that against my current technology and say, hey, is my current technology actually able to do that? or not, it begins to be a critical part of the, do I fix it or do I ditch it? I would say that after you get those objectives lined to your business drivers, then you can take your pain points that you're experiencing and, and, and identify which ones are preventing you from meeting your business drivers. Yeah. Look, if it's too many clicks, and I hear this a lot, it's very, you know, well, it took, you know, three clicks instead of one to get there. That may not be the right reason, right? Because what business driver are you not reaching because of that? But really driving into where the pain points or the gaps in your current technology mm -hmm. or perceived gaps so that you can begin to map out of and, and look at the right points and places to decide, is it is it fixable? Is Can we optimize it? Can we, can we solve for it in our current system, our current ecosystem, or do we need to go invest? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, trying to find a way to solve for it in the current ecosystem, that's an easier process than doing what you were talking about earlier, Bennett, which is, hey, let's go through a selection process. Mm -hmm. That's, that to your point earlier, that's hard and cumbersome. So how do we begin to go evaluate that? The key is developing a strategy to understand what you really need and what's critical, what's not critical. Because yep. yeah, one versus three clicks, that's nice. But does that fit into an engagement model or into a technology model that meets the business strategy is, is key? So what I'm hearing then, because uh, I'm learning here too, that you know, not only are we in a situation or organizations are in a situation where they have to evaluate their current LMS or talent management system, but with the ecosystem and building on top of that and these different platforms that are you know, record stores or learning experience platforms or content providers, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of decisions mm -hmm. to be made. And, and I, may, I may need to fix or I may make the decision to invest money into fixing my LMS or talent management system, but then I may have to go out and find a new learning record store or a new learning experience platform to link it all together. That's a lot to deal with. Where, where do I start? How do I start that process? What is the most important one or two or three strategies that I need to either build or update or, or change within the business to even get me to knowing where where I am and how I how I go through this mess? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Bennett. And we have our Blue Water Center of Excellence, and we focus on specific areas that that you need in order to be able to operate and work through um, through anything learning and talent. So user experience, content, administration, technology, process, data, and reporting. Those are the key elements. But, but you asked a really great question, which is what are the one or two or three to focus on? User experience is absolutely number one. Absolutely number one. Reporting, absolutely number two. Mm -hmm. And I think reporting is undervalued across all kinds of different mm -hmm. learning and talent technologies. Mm -hmm. And the third is access to content. Because content, at the end of the day, content is king, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't put content number one because everybody has a lot of different content. But there's a mixture of content that's content that you developed, content that you can buy from a third party, 
or let's go out into the learning experience platform world, content that exists anywhere. Right. Content that's on that's on YouTube or on TED Talks or content that's available uh, anywhere out on the internet or from you know other individuals that are just creating free content. I mean, you have to look at that. And there are, are platforms today that really, really struggle with bringing in anything that is not what I'll call pre-developed content, mm-hmm. which is you pre-developed it or you bought it from a third party but that external content, and that's one of the reasons we see learning experience platforms kind of, kind of blowing up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, when you're evaluating new technology, where do you start with? I would love to see everybody go through the process of user experience, content administration, technology process, data and reporting, to really look at that and understand how that drives employee engagement. But if you're going to ask for the top two or three, user experience, reporting, and content, those are the three key pieces that I would start at from that evaluation. And I I would say in my experience with our clients, almost always when we're starting a new project or a new implementation, almost always their key driver or their key goal is one of those three things, improving the user experience. And I would say nowadays (laughs) user experience is almost always number one. Um, And then reporting, it's where people, you know, we see a lot of people have invested into a platform and really invested into getting that right user experience, but then couldn't get information out of it. There has to be some, I mean, it's not just about, hey, it's pretty and they'll use it. There's a reason why you want your employees to be using these type of platforms or technologies and you need to get the data and metrics out of it. We talked a lot about the the value of data and and, and how to know what data Mm -hmm. to get, right? So that plays into that reporting piece. And then content, I have to say, and it, this, is, this is a bigger deal with some of our smaller clients, if you will. They, they know that they need a thing. And they've heard or they've been to tech client um, or to vendor conferences or they've heard from peer groups that they need a thing. So they go out and they buy, let's say, an LMS. And they want to implement an LMS, but they haven't decided what problems is it that they're trying to solve with that, nor have they put kind of a plan in place. And so I can't tell you how many clients we've gone through implementations. We're like, great, let's load your content. And they're like, I don't have any content. It's, what are you pushing out? So that, that piece where you say content is king, so we can give you a really fabulous platform. We can give you a great setup. We can implement, implement you wonderful. But if you don't have something where you're expecting your, your employees to interact with, yeah. then there's not, it, you're not going to get what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great point because the, the entire purpose of learning and talent technologies is to facilitate the strategy mm-hmm. and the change that you want inside the organization, which is all going to come from learning development, from performance management, from the information and the data. And we look at that, and if you don't have that strategy done first, I mean, I would never go out and try to alter or change or adjust technology. I wouldn't even try to fix it if you don't have a strategy. Because all you're going to do is you're going to break it even Mm -hmm. further. But if you have a plan and approach, then, then that, you know, that's a big deal. Got to match it back up to the, to the business goals always. What are, you, what are you trying to impact on the business? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just with everything in life. If you don't go in with a plan, you can't expect to, to really be successful. So yeah, uh, I think that uh, uh, definitely applies here. Uh, it's it's about it's a little bit more difficult to build a strategy behind 
learning and talent technology versus, uh, you know, how you're going to get to work in the morning or what, what you're going to wear. But planning is always important. So. <laughs> Very good. So, so, by the way, Tiffany, what was the plan for the two baby goats? Uh, what do you mean? What was the plan? <laughs> <laughs> the plan was for them to be born. To be born. Okay. <laughs> they may not be staying at the, at the farm, but we'll maybe... Finding oh, them new homes. Goat relocation. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. You want a goat? You have to take two. I do have a backyard now. You have to take two. Oh, I, I think I can only handle one. They're, Sorry. They're I'm herd out. animals. Yeah. you got to have a herd. I'm Aria, Aria would love to have some goat buddies out there in that backyard. I don't She's know. a herding dog. That's a bad idea. Yeah, um, just... <laughs> it's stressful for the goats. I have a herding right. dog. It's, I know. It's a lot of fun for my dog, but very stressful for the goats. So. Oh, so. that's funny. So I appreciate the conversation today. I think we really addressed a lot of things around strategy for fixing it or ditching it. We've, we've talked about really it's probably more effective, or not probably, I think it's definitely more effective to focus on fixing it, uh, investing the time, money, and strategy into how do we fix the problems that we have with our learning system, our learning ecosystem, our talent system and ecosystem, and, and really addressing those issues. But Sometimes you just got to ditch it, too. Sometimes mm-hmm. there are those drivers that say, it's just not working. It's not going to work. Either the organization can't handle this system anymore or the system can't handle the organization. Mm-hmm. There's, it's just sometimes you got yep. to go. Yep. But if you're in that situation or struggling, it's all about building that strategy first and understanding the plan and, and making the right decisions before you make big decisions on, on investing yep. in technology or reinvesting in technology. So. Uh, thank you both for the conversation today. Next time, we're going to dive more into technology and how does technology wrap up into that strategy that we've talked about today. Uh, we'll also be back next week with probably some more goat talk. We'll see. <laughs> there's, always, on that one. there's always more goat drama. TBD on that one. Something, something will happen in the next seven days yes. with the goats, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Uh, so, so everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you keep listening and find some value uh, and reach out to us with any questions, comments, or, or thoughts, or, or criticisms. Who knows? Again, at Blue Water, we're here for our clients. We partner with our clients, and we're always here to care for and develop their people for the future of their business and the transformation of the world. And we hope you have a great rest of your day and happy holidays and Merry Christmas and We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas.